It was rocking in here. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's it's right up there with the Texas Tech and the Kansas, honestly, being honest. I think our performance game a lot to cheer for, too. So. BYU fans thrilled the Baylor coach. Not so thrilled. Our performance gave him something to cheer about. Wins on the road are hard to come by, PK. When you get a chance to win a big game at home, you need to do it. If you look at the scores from last night, there were a half dozen games involving ranked teams, and fifth-ranked Tennessee won in Missouri. That was the only only road win in the mix. A lot of ranked teams got beat on the road. Number one, UConn. Number 11, Baylor, followed at BYU, and number 19, San Diego State, losing at Utah State. Question up on our Facebook page for all you college hoop fans. Huge wins for BYU and Utah State. How awesome is it to have two great in-state teams? I think it's very awesome because it's given a shot in the arm to the sport. The sport had been dying on the vine. The Utes haven't been very good. And BYU, outside of Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and then every other year, the Utes, is like, who gives a crap? If they would have beat LMU last night, we wouldn't be talking about it today. No. Or any of those, any teams that weren't St. Mary's or Gonzaga. It would just be, uh, who cares? And whoop-de-doo. No passion. Just get through it and see who had the right to get beat by Gonzaga in Vegas. Was it going to be BYU or St. Mary's? Uh, And usually Gonzaga wins it, and we'll see what happens. I don't really care what happens for them now going forward in the West Coast Conference. But here, this is a big-time team that's won at the highest level you could win. Speaking of Baylor, obviously, they have draft picks every year. This Walter kid will be the next one. They've had a slew of them, and the place was electric and great game. And Utah State is benefiting from the Mountain West being really, really good this year. I saw in the notes they put out, Utah State is against ranked teams in the AP Top 25. They are 20 and 109. So before that, they were 19 and 109. And so that's a big win. You don't normally do that. And obviously he's at home. And sure, if these teams were playing on the road, I venture to say they would lose because they did lose. (laughs) (laughs) Utah State went to San Diego State and lost. And but San Diego State came to Utah State and lost. It's the power of home court in basketball. Well, but it's not just home court. It's the power of home court combined with you've got a good team. Yes. I mean, they're not going to San Jose or whatever and winning. San Jose's not winning against these teams. Uh, and you know, Air Force. Air Force, yeah. There's a reason they're 10th and 11th in the league right, right now. Right. So, yes, I think the venue, I've been, and I've said that a million times, having covered college basketball is my bread and butter in this community for a good long while, that it really, really matters. But you've got to have a good enough team to be able to win. You're simply not just going to win because you have – 10,000 people in Logan and 17,000 people in Provo. They're gonna, they can help you, but they're not going to get you over the top. You're going to have to do that. And those and I'm flicking back and forth like crazy watching both games. And then I had to flick over to the Pac-12. A little, uh, the Sun Devils were playing Kansas State, a ranked baseball team. And I was doing some research there because Kansas State's in the Big 12. No kid. Right. So I put it on my time card. That Good. Was, that was work last night. Devils prevailed. Uh, on in that game, obviously, it was in in uh, Tempe. I guess now technically Phoenix, uh, but this is something that you should celebrate. This is, and I'm glad that they're there. I'm glad that they're playing well. I'm glad that they won because it gives us something else to talk about. And it was fun, especially perfectly timed games with the Jazz still 
I know in the they're All-Star back break, right. but the game doesn't start until tomorrow. So we had 48 hours basically before game time. They get back at it, and great. I don't, I, I don't know that they did that. Well, let's give uh, Utah State and uh, BYU two very good teams while the Jazz aren't playing. Um, my guess this is coincidental, but it really, really worked. Jeff says it is great. Scott says we have three great teams in this state. Weaver State's good too. Smiley face. Oh, emoji. Weaver State's been hot. Uh, they struggled. They did well. They beat St. Mary's, and then they they slumped a little bit, and now they're back. But for them being a one bid league, you know, it's what you're going to do. Uh, they still have that weekend. thing in Reno, right? Yeah, it's one weekend. Uh, yeah, and and hopefully they can win and and get an opportunity to get in the NCAA tournament. That'd be great. Uh, but the reality of the Big Sky is, you know, what do you do in that? Win the conference situation? tournament. Yeah. That is your... that That's the most pressure. Yeah. No matter how great your season is. Yeah, you, you could literally be, you know, 30-2. Uh, uh-huh. and two. Yeah. And, and you still got to win. Whereas if you're, you know, for so many years, the Utes going to Vegas, well, they'd already established themselves. They were in. They didn't have to worry. I mean, they heck, they went to the Final Four the year they lost their first game. And so there was not really that much pressure. But the, you want to talk pressure? My goodness, big sky teams, particularly if you're really good that year, uh, you got a ton of uh, pressure on these guys. And I would think now that both these ball clubs are in because you look at BYU; they've now beaten three ranked teams, and and Iowa State, and I I, I think Iowa State's their best win. This is uh, probably their second best win. Did you see the Scott Van Pelt graphic last night on e- on Sports Center by chance? Did not. So they have registered three AP Top Twenty Five wins this season. The three previous times they have done that, they actually have won in eighty one when they won four. But they have advanced every time they've done that when they've gone to the NCAA tournament. So well, yeah, we're gonna. And that's the thing about it. They'll, they won't necessarily face pressure when they go to KC. And the Aggies won't necessarily face pressure when they go to Vegas. No, it's all But then about, the following yeah, week. Then it's then it's on. Yeah, because if you're yeah. running out some pretty good uh, records, which I assume they will for both, and then you get beat in the first round, that would suck. Well, they can worry about that when they get there. And we're still a few weeks away, so there's no point in uh, obsessing about that because, my gosh, the uh, the Cougs got to go back right back on the road. And, oh, Kansas State isn't that good. Yeah, but uh, they're better than Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State just kicked your butt. And then you got Kansas after that. Let's hit doing Foggy Allen right yeah. after it. The so, road wins for BYU, there have only been two, right? In the conference, at, you're speaking of? At UCF and at West Virginia. Correct. Yeah, they only have the two road wins. Yeah, I and mean, but they're right there and a couple others. Yeah. They didn't get the job done. So this this offers, offers them the opportunity, then this would be the best road win. And if they get it, then the next game would be the best road win. Well, yeah, but the thing about road wins in this conference – not necessarily across the board in college hoop, mm-hmm. but in this conference, any are good. They're all good. There's so few. Exhibit Oklahoma State. Kansas goes to UCF, gets punked. Well, I asked Scott. The, Drew, I Scott asked Scott Drew last night in that post game press conference what the difference between the road and the home splits are in the Big Twelve. He said, "In 21 years, when I got in the league 21 years ago, Roy Williams told me it's the toughest league." to win on the road in, and he said it's proven that over the two decades I've been with Baylor. Well, I mean, he's been there for 22, 21 years or whatever it is, and so, yeah, if he's talking about that, and I don't, and he's established himself, he doesn't need to blow smoke. There's only two teams in the league right now with a winning record on the road. Houston's 4-3, and three, and they're who's ranked it, number two in the country. Who's atop the league? Right, and TCU is 5-4 and four on the road. Yeah, but I'm more concerned so, about in the conference. 
I mean, because you can you can schedule road wins, in right? But they mostly don't play road games. I mean, they probably have one or yeah. But I'm more. It's to me, it's conference road wins. They're the ones that matter. And I know your little graphic there doesn't show it, so you're going to have to. They're do four and two instead of four yeah. and three. They played one, and that's they beat Xavier. That's what it's about. What? How many can you get on the road? And each one you get, for the Cougars' sake, gives you a little cushion if you should stumble. Now they—I mean—they could lose home games without question the rest of the way. I don't think that Utah State will. But with BYU, and this is sort of a, not entirely, but this is sort of an anything can happen type of league. Final two home games are TCU and Oklahoma State. And I, I don't know that there. I can say yeah, I'll bet the farm on either of those. I mean, I expect them to beat Oklahoma State at home. Uh, TCU, TCU is a very dangerous team. Uh, say so that it wouldn't shock me beyond anything if they came in and uh, the the frogs won that game. That I I could see that, but. You know, you want the opportunity to get those. And then if you can find a way to get one or two more wins on the road, then I think you're getting seeded to be at least into the round of 32. And have a reasonable chance to win there. Yeah. Although, do any of the top seeds feel? I mean, there was a time when if you were playing a top seed in the second round, maybe you didn't feel like you had a chance. But are there any teams like that this year where you think they don't have a chance? Well, I don't think there's anything now with all the one and dones. Uh, your players. There's a lot of parity. Yeah. I mean, Kansas, if they still had Grady Dick, yeah. But they don't have Grady Dick. He's gone. He's with Toronto. Am I right, Yock? You are correct. Guy that the Jazz are linked to, but Toronto stole him. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they picked him. He's not exactly lighting it up, but the. And then they've got a couple more guys that are here today, gone tomorrow. I remember last year with BYU going to go in the big show, oh, I'll watch these teams and really study them. Like, this is a waste of time because those guys are going to be gone. Between guys going to the <laughs> NBA and guys transferring in and out, it's going to have a new look. Well, Kansas is like the case in point of that. They completely yeah. remade their roster in the offseason. They've got no choice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a road they go down. A few of those powers do that, and they're one of those powers. I'm interested to see what Utah State would get as a seed because I'm not really sure. I don't I don't have a, a good handle on that because I know that the league has been great this year. There's no doubt about it. It's it's one of the best, if not the best, since uh, the others left back after the 2011 season. Uh, with that in mind, though, you know you wonder when they go in that room. Eh, it's still the Mountain West, you know, because I believe the human element is there. I'm not necessarily saying it's right, but I'm curious, and we'll find out eventually, obviously, uh, where they will be seated. Because I wonder, because even Utah, even though in those great Utah teams, which were great every year, and I was covering them for the Watchdog, I they still, I thought, were underseated. The year they went to the Final Four, they were three seed, and I think that was the conversation. But it's not just that, the seed, because there's four of those. So are you 9 or are you 12? Yeah. The year they lost to Kentucky the year before, they were, they were two. A 2, but they were the 4th 2. They were the 8th best team. That was a ripoff. So they had to play number 1 Kentucky. Yeah. That felt impossible. Right. And nonetheless, was, it was a great game. That was a ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, they should have I'm fine with the 2 seed, 
but they shouldn't have been the fourth two seed. When you get that far, it can matter. Now, it mattered, I think, more then because teams are more established. And they had guys back year after year. Right. There was continuity. Right. And that's why I was just saying a couple minutes ago, there were one seeds in a previous era when you thought, oh my gosh, we got to play those guys? As an 8-9 seed, you felt like you were only being in the tournament. Majerus, in one of his... uh, (laughs) <laughs> one of his press conferences before the before a Kentucky game when Utah was an eight seed. So like, we're not gonna somebody asked him about what do you have to do to beat Kentucky? We're not gonna beat Kentucky. I mean, who says that before a game? Well, Rick Majerus does. But they were loaded that year and he knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they were very yeah, obviously. Obviously they had stars left and right, and the stars stayed. They, they everybody wasn't a one and done thing. So I think the league ought to just do away with that. Totally agree. But it looked like they were going to do it in the last CBA, and then they didn't. So we're stuck with it for a while. Yeah. It's sort of a waste of time uh, on that. If you, I don't think the kids are going to die if they go. And if they choose to go, so be it. I, I, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a one good... Not one good thing, but a good thing with NIL. You know, maybe they can say, hey, you know what? I've read that. I can get more money if I go to the NBA, for sure. But I could also make enough money here that it's worth hanging out. I've read that about, and I don't know if it was about the NBA or NFL draft now, but I think it's true about both of them that if you're in that gray area, do I go or do I not go? NIL makes it easier to stay. You get well, the money, you can. play, you get better. Yeah, but it, it depends on who you are because at the same time then, the idea being get to the second contract quicker. If you're really good and you know that's a deal, that pressure is still there. Right. It's not entirely eliminated. You wonder if a kid like Cam Rising would come out. I know the Ute fans think, well, he comes back, we're going to go to the playoff, and it's it's for the team. He's getting an, an exorbitant amount of cash. Yes. Seven <laughs> figures. So don't... Don't underestimate that, that he doesn't necessarily know he would get. I know we're as fans, and all fans think, oh, we'll, we'll have 25 starters returning next year if all these kids come back. Yeah, they don't think like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw it. The six kids that are going to the combine are all under class. They all could have come back. But they were all Five in, or six, uh, whatever it is. They're all projected in no-doubt mode. Yeah. They expect to make— That's what the fan thinks. They expect to make the team— and they've probably got agents telling them, yeah, and in addition, the second contract. Get through the rookie deal. Right. Right. And then if you're good enough and you get that second one, you've also got the pension, most likely, and you're, you know, you're, the money is just life-changing. And so I understand why they all would do it. I would probably do the exact same thing. You know, we all like to be ideal. Oh, stay in college. You can get better, and you can be with your teammates and your girlfriend, and you can go to the volleyball play uh, on a Friday night in the fall okay. and be the student experience. There, that sounds romantic at there's all, all but of it's that. cash. Now, now imagine you or I telling our parents, uh, yeah, I got offered uh, however many million by uh, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, but I'm not going. I'm going to stay and go to the volleyball and uh, do the student radio and do the. No. Yeah, but some have. You wouldn't have. It would have been goodbye to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Van Horn did. He did. And Andre Miller did. Yeah. They could have gotten whatever they were going to get the next year, they could have gotten the year before. 
You we're wouldn't both have surefire an, picks. You wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have. Gone. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's not even conceivable. So what's the point? At no point is that I'm ever going to get a million dollar contract. DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will join us. Yak, you've been working it in there? Yes, we have. And what have you delivered? BYU assistant coach Nick Robinson is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Oh, that's that guy that hit that shot to beat the U of A. Yeah. I'll forever love him. Yeah. That was, and that was like <laughs> a we'll lead with that and put him in a good like, mood. The anniversary was only like a couple of weeks ago. He got dogpiled by Tiger Woods. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Tiger came out of the front row very it's excited. A great highlight. <laughs> DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Coming up next, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We'll talk about the Jazz. And we'll also talk about those big wins for the Aggies and Cougars with Tim next. Stay with us. Accessing. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. John Kimball, president of Real Salt Lake. Huge one against uh, Messi, Miami. Look, let's be honest, Messi made a lot of teams look silly last year. What are your expectations? Obviously, you'd love to have a result in some way, shape, or form, but if you could write the script, what are you hoping to see? This is a lifelong dream for a lot of these players, but they also want to showcase why they're professional athletes as well. And Messi is one of the best to ever play the game, and we hope that he's healthy and strong and, and helps our teams grow, our league grow. But we're going out for a win and that's our intention we want to start our season off right and the coach has got everybody dialed in and they're they're very excited fans you know best you know when you get up for a game this is definitely one of those games we're up for catch Hanson scotty weekdays from noon to three on 97.5 the ksl sports zone nominate the used sports volunteer that you know for the hercules hero of the week Submit your nomination at kslsports.com forward slash contest and listen every Tuesday afternoon to JJ and Alex for the winner. Help us celebrate the efforts of those volunteers making an impact with the Hercules Hero of the Week and sponsored by Hercules Credit Union. Utah Jazz are back in action tomorrow night. The lowly Charlotte Hornets with the fourth worst record in the NBA are coming to town. I don't even hate them anymore. <laughs> Why did you hate the Hornets? Because Hayward was there. Well, he's gone. I know. So you can go back to ignoring them. Having no emotion whatsoever. DJ PK, we're joined now by Tim Lacombe. Are you a business owner? You have better things to do than job hunt or scramble to find your next great hire? Let Spherian Staffing and Recruiting do it. Visit Spherian online at spherian.com slash Utah. Tim Lacombe, good morning. Good morning. You would know this, I do believe. The Aggie is the Aggie basketball coaching staff right now having the best day possible, uh, short of winning a national title, because they just won a big game and they have a bye on the weekend. They can actually give the players a day off, and sure, I'm sure they've got to watch some film on some recruit, and there's recruiting work to do. And they probably now have to meet with some booster about NIL. But isn't there like an hour to sit around the office and just bask in the glory of a big win? Well, that's probably last night. You know, it's, as Danny Sprinkle says all the time, rent's due now. You know, you got to get up and get something done. Um, but what an environment really up there in Logan last night. Um, perennial Mountain West Conference uh, power in San Diego State, and I mean, I thought I didn't see every bit of every game, but I thought they went really toe to toe, and 
Um, they answered the bell physically, which is what you got to do against San Diego State. You really have to be on the glass. Um, and I just thought they were tough, man. They found a way. And so, I, I mean, I would give them an hour, uh, but I would imagine that Danny's already got them on to the next task. Yeah, no sense of recruiting. You don't know who's going to be in the transfer portal yet. You know, uh... That's right, man. You might as well um, it'd be like that old game where you put your, uh, you know, when you're at the fishing, somebody puts a, the pole or your, your line underneath the shower curtain and they attach something to it mysteriously. Um, what were those called? Fishing ponds when we were kids. Um, you never know what you're going to get. Right. So, yeah, you got to wait till the portal's full. What do you think their seed would be? I'm having a hard time figuring out because we were talking about it. You know, those great Majerus teams, uh, I thought they were under-seeded. Even the year they got the two-seed, it was the fourth two-seed, and I thought they were better than that. So it seemed like there was always a level of, even if it was just marginal, a level of disrespect. I know BYU, when Steve Cleveland was there a couple times, I thought they were woefully under-seeded. I thought they were way better than what they should have been, and they end up going against uh, Syracuse and UConn, two powers, play them, uh, you know, certainly uh, – Syracuse was real tough, and the UConn game I think was tough too. Uh, but as far as that goes, I think they're still a little biased against the Mountain West. So I'm trying to figure out where they would be seated. What would your what would be your thought? You know, I think that the Mountain West is kind of through that phase. Um, really great teams this year, and yeah, I maybe with, and with the, the Aztecs going all the way last year to the final. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's. You know, it, it's, we're talking about a different animal, I think, in the Mountain West. But, but, but to your point, I mean, sometimes they, you know, Utah State was not necessarily scheduled for the dance, so they're like, oh, wait a second, you got to hold 15 for your reservation. And we went through that a couple of times. Um, you know, back-to-back games against Texas A&M when we were really good. Um, you know, going in there with eights. It's why those seeds are so important. When you know when we were able to make it the Sweet 16 that year, uh, we went as a three and played Wofford in the first round, who was tough. But uh, Mike Young was a coach who's now the coach at Virginia Tech, who uh, pantsed Virginia last night, um, beat them pretty bad. So it's all you know the tournament's all about seeding, but I do believe what Utah state has going forward is, is the Mountain West conference obviously has done really well in the tournament as of late. And I think they're, they're, I mean, they're a great conference top to bottom, really, really good. Hoop. You worried about either of these teams having to follow up a big win with another big win. I mean, the Aggies get a week off, so maybe that helps a little bit, obviously for the Cougars, a big test on the weekend on the road. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's day by day, but, I think, you know, you're talking about BYU and heck what an environment there. Um, you know, the, the Marriott center is no longer this, uh, West coast secret. So cool to see BYU basketball, the, uh, the environment, everything that has been kind of swelling over the last number of years, all kind of come to uh, fruition and just sitting back last night in my living room, flipping between games. It's just quite a sight to see. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, I think BYU stamped their ticket last night. So it's a matter now of just continuing to try and improve your seed. And, um, you know, the loss at Oklahoma state was tough, but they answered it by 
winning a game last night that was really big against a, a team that a lot of people think a lot of good things about. Khalifa, man, I love the kid. Doughy guy, out of wow. shape. Leads seven assists, dropping in four threes. Just amazing. What a find. I, I totally agree. I mean, it's, talk about finding a guy that's exactly what you need. Um, you know, they have such a nice variation in their bigs, particularly between he and Foose. Um, but, man, he's really changed the game. And some of those passes he made last night, you know, the ones that, like a cutter's going completely opposite direction that he'd normally, uh, you know, be in his sight or in his vision. And he just finds people, but it was his shot making last night, you know, making shots at the end of the, the clock and, and just understanding where the ball needs to go. Um, he, he was a great find. I, I completely agree. Uh, Egyptian, you know, coming from Charlotte to BYU. It's, it's a great job by the staff finding him. Better pass that one you're talking about or when they're in the zone and before the ball hits his hands, he knows where the open shooter is on the three-point line. And, I mean, he caught that thing. He j- had to jump to catch it, but the ball was gone before his feet hit the floor. Well, they call that a one-timer in hockey, right? Yeah. Um, I think what I saw – I saw Jokic do that last week. Um, you know, ball's in the air, and he surveys the scene – and goes up and just taps it where it needs to go. He's got a lot of Jokic in him, um, you know, not from a scoring perspective, but, man, his ability, first of all, to, to catch the ball in the spot he wants to catch it, not be in a hurry. And, you know, the book on him now, you saw it last night with Baylor, they're crawling up into his real estate, trying to, to thwart the opportunity for him to make passes. Um, but it seems like whatever people try, he just does you know, he's got that gift, man. He's got that gift. How do you channel this and what was showed? I know you're not going to bring 17,000 folks with you, but you got a couple of road games in the state of Kansas coming up, and it'd be nice if you could at least get a split. But I'm nervous about it because I saw what happened last Saturday at Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's winning on the road is in college basketball. It's, you got to really be of one mind. Um, and particularly going into places like that. I will say the fall from grace, um, Jerome Tang in Kansas State, they are now one and six after he, you know, they're four and one in the Big 12. And they went to Iowa State and he mysteriously called out Iowa State for planting people around his bench to, you know, Coaches are so paranoid, I guess is my point. And but he, he goes to you know, he goes to great lengths in the media to make this comment and his four and one team now has gone one and six. So you might want to keep your your eye on the ball, you know, particularly in the Big Twelve, really important. But major distraction, you know, Jerome Tang, a young head coach who had a lot of success last year, um, you know, they've dropped it. They dropped the ball now and so I think BYU's got a real chance to win there. I think that Kansas State team is just kind of on fumes right now. Um, and then Kansas, I mean, heck, you're going to be so jacked up for that. And, and it's not, let's, let's be real clear, this is not your mom and dad's Kansas. Um, this is kind of, rent, you know, they've rented costumes. 
and they put on the Kansas uniform. Um, but that team is not typically what we see in a Kansas basketball team. So, again, BYU's on house money. They're, they're playing great basketball, most importantly. I mean, that's the thing. They're not trying to – there's no production going on. There's no uh, There's no faux – like March comes so, so far, he's not making up you know, best locker room in America anymore. They're just doing it on the court. And, and you know, him having to hype things up and all that stuff is gone. And, and this team is, you know, they're legit night to night. And um, they'll just go in there physically. That's what's cool. This BYU team physically can kind of handle those contests. Still a little three dependent, though. I mean, 39%, 14 made threes, so they get the win. But, man, they can seem like they can only make a couple at Oklahoma State, so they take the loss. Yeah, but who isn't three-dependent anymore? I mean, basketball is three-dependent. Um, I think what BYU has shown in games this year were, um, you know, I'm trying to remember the game. It was Iowa State. You know, Iowa State really tried to to crowd them and take away the three, and they ended up just going to the, the basket all night. Um, again, having Khalifa as a guy who you can penetrate the ball with but then is such a, you know, vicious passer. Um, they've got kind of the three and the key going, but they've got to take it out on the road, right? I mean, I think that sometimes um, the threes aren't going to fall like they do at home on the road. So they just got to remember to continue to attack. But I, I've been really impressed. And minus that blip, you know, at Oklahoma State, who's full of ton- uh, really good athletes, by the way, and, really good players, they do have the ability night-to-night to beat teams. Um, you know, I think BYU's in a good spot. Jazz gotten past the malaise of the trade now, and we expect some winning going forward? I hope so. Um, I would say that that game we watched against Golden State going into the All-Star break is more of what hopefully we see. Um, it was an amazing environment. And I think the Jazz fans will still continue to come out and support this team. Um, Keontae, obviously, nine threes. This last little bit is is about a couple of things. It's evaluating, uh, continuing to evaluate, but giving these young guys reps, man. And uh, Keontae, you know, took those reps, did great things with them. It's exciting, you know, over the next twenty plus to see truly what Taylor Hendricks, you know, can kind of what level he can get to through year one. Um, But I thought he had some good spurts the other night. And, you know, Will has proven, regardless of what part or what team or blend of team, you know, jazz team he's had over the last couple of years, he's gotten the best out of the group. You know, you think about the the group that nobody thought anything of last year, and he takes them 10 and 3 right out of the gate, literally half – moves have to be made because they're doing too well. Um, this year, obviously, the the moves to try to get some assets, but he'll figure it out. He continues to figure out the roster, personnel, um, who plays best with whom. And over time, they, you know, they've really found that. And then, you know, he's got the team kind of humming at a certain point through the through uh, through each iteration of this team. So I would expect the same, but probably the most important thing is to see these young guys um, 
go out there and get their their opportunities. You love the odds. What are the odds that with Charlotte at home, San Antonio at home, and at Atlanta, no back-to-backs, three games before we talk to you again, and only the third one in Atlanta is on the road, what are the odds the Jazz go 3-0? and Because these are three basketball teams that are all well below 500, right? Yes, but it is the NBA. And every night, uh, you know, the odds don't necessarily mean much always. Um, I'm going to go... Let me think about this one. I am going to go 65% they go 3 now. All right, there it is. Well, I see no reason why it doesn't happen because I took a level of uh, optimism from that uh, Golden State game because it seemed like, you know, they, I, mean, I realize it was a psychological blow, but it was also a, a literal blow in terms of uh, losing talent. And once that happens, I and mean, then you have to regroup a little bit. And Will Hardy spoke about that, about needing practice time and whatnot. Well, they should have had it now. And so I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But at that same time, now I'm expecting a much better performance going forward. I don't think there's any other way around it. And now you've, you've settled in to what – and he made, and he made a change to the starting lineup too along with it. So I'm expecting at least more consistency. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that, like you said, it, it does take a little bit of time to get the right groups out there together. Um, and then I'll obviously scheme. You know, basketball is such a team game. And, you know, four guys can be on the right spot and one guy can be out to lunch and it can cost you possession after possession. So, yeah, it's it's a process. I do think to the all-star break, the actual break and getting away and coming back will be beneficial for this group. They've been through a lot, played a lot of games, and um, now they can kind of focus on the stretch run. Tim, we will talk to you again in a week, but we will hear you on Jazz Broadcast this week now as they get back to action. Pre-game, halftime, post-game right here on The Zone. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, guys. Great being with you. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Coming up next, it's a win ticket Wednesday. We've got tickets to see the Doobie Brothers at the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 30th, and we will give those away next. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, and Brett does a phenomenal job covering college football. We're glad to have him on the program. Brett, thanks for being with us again. In my bold projections, the Big 12 champ, I have them seated fourth in my college football playoff bowl projections. And that Big 12 champ that I have seated fourth is none other than your Utah Utes. And look, before everyone, you know, runs, starts calling Mark Harlan for, for uh, playoff tickets, <laughs> uh, keep this in mind. Last year, my dark horse to win the Big 12 Texas Tech. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Time to give away the concert tickets to see the Doobie Brothers at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 30th. Caller 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. 801-575-ZONE. You are a winner. Caller 12, 801-575-ZONE. Call right now and Yach will hook somebody up with concert tickets to see the Doobie Brothers. Sweet. There it is. I've seen them a time or two.
How were they? Fine. Yeah, yep. good. Did their thing. Go with, you know what you're getting, and you get it. <laughs> well, that's good. It is good. Hey, you were discussing in the last segment with Tim, uh, what would the Aggies be seeded? Now, pretty much all the national websites have their bracketology trying to predict, and there seems to be a little consensus here with the Aggies. There's one outlier. I checked four sites. One of them has the Aggies as a five seed, but the other three, and that's CBS has the Aggies as a five seed. The other three, uh, ESPN, Fox, and Bleacher Report, all put the Aggies as a seven seed. So for whatever that is worth, that seems to be the consensus. That means winnable first-round game, difficult but winnable game to get to the Sweet 16. Well, Does that okay. feel fair to you? or uh... if, if the second game is winnable, then pretty much any game is winnable. Yeah. Yeah, as a seven, it's a two probably, right? The 15 rarely beats the two. Right. Yeah. Most likely. It would be a big surprise if a two goes out in the first round. That's one of those... Shockers. ...lead the sportscast it, with. It, it happens, but not often. And so it's usually you, a great game. So if you got uh, Nebraska in the first game and Tennessee in the second... Gonzaga in the first game, Marquette in the second. Uh, I would take the latter. Virginia in the first game, Tennessee in the second. That's the consensus. As it stands now. Now they got four Tennessee games to go. Tennessee seems tougher to me to, be, to, to, to beat. To beat. Uh, they got they got four games to go plus the conference tournament. So the other people, up. other people, down. right? Other people could lose along the way. So it's not set in stone, but it doesn't seem like a bad place to be. Certainly, just about as. As good as the Aggies have ever gotten. And I do think in large part, and you need this, is strength of the league. And yes. the league has gotten deservedly so respect this year. It's it's 100% earned. Uh, and also uh, benefiting from the Pac-12 being down. Because you, you they spread them out to a degree, too. So there's a lot of, there's some ver- other variables that go into it. But <clears throat> right now, I would look for them to do better than a seven. Winnable games down the stretch at Fresno. That's bottom half of the league team right that's there. That's W. Home to Air Force at San that's Jose. WWW. And then home to New Mexico. www.sweet16.com. And then on to <laughs> the conference tournament. So that's this really sets up for a five-game win streak. And then yeah, in the conference yeah, semis, yeah, yeah. in the conference semis, you're going to get a good team. Oh, at worst, four and one. Who's the one? Did Just you, a bad night, something crazy. Did you say New Mexico at the end? New Mexico at home. Right. That's that's the one. Yeah. Right? right? I mean, I'm I guess not the saying next, they would lose that game. I'm just saying worst next, case scenario. The next one, I guess, would be uh, the next toughest game is probably at Fresno. I mean, yeah. Air Force and San Jose are terrible. They've combined for three conference wins, and they must yeah, well, have played each other be by now. Fresno. Yeah. Fresno's been like in a 30 year rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> 30 years. Void <laughs> Grant ain't walking through that door. <laughs> just seems like it. I mean, after the Targ thing, it just yeah. really haven't gotten it going. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, Steve Cleveland had the five years after Targ. And, yeah, and they, they brought up it. four well, of those and years. And then they, didn't they bring in somebody else and they had a problem? Yeah. Isn't that when Ray Lopes came in after Steve? And yeah, had, Davey's no. son. No. <laughs> Not Davey's son. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, the, the, I think it's a four and one with at least at least one win in Vegas. Where do you think BYU ought to be? 
If the if the Aggies yeah, are, yeah, they're hard to tell because of the fact that they've got winnable games and losable games. I was saying, where do you think they ought to be seated right now? Because you're oh, right, right about now? the schedule. No the, I don't know five. which twelve which coach to credit, but somebody said all the Big Twelve coaches are trying to work on a winning streak of one. Now that that was a pretty good line for where the league sits this year. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. Uh, two places had BYU as a six, and two had them as a seven. Better. But th- is that updated after last night? Uh, you know, some may be and some may not be. With four of them, they can't all be uh, To updated. me, that's better. Uh, it's not as good. I-, I expect them to be better. Yeah. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Coming up next, we got a Cougar assistant coach joining us. PK's favorite Cougar assistant coach because he caused the Arizona Wildcats pain. That's next. Stay with us.